Ring-a-ling, ring-a-ling. Ring-a-ling, ring-a-ling. We are so back. This is we good. So I back. love this. Wow. We're coming off a bender, I think. Do you feel hungover today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, I woke up this morning and my, my throat was dry. <laughs> Your throat was more sore than Lily Rose Depp in The Idol. Damn. Damn. That was a low blow, Eric. But an excellent reference at the same time. Not from taking down footlongs, but from talking about footlongs and music, I guess, for two hours straight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you haven't checked out How Original Podcast yet, that's where we were last night recording. The episode dropped today, same time as this episode. Um, and you can hear the boys chop it up over some, I don't know, I guess four dudes talking into a mic. It's not really chopping it up anymore. It's kind of just four dudes, four dudes talking into a mic. <laughs> Yeah, it's the new default. Uh, there's a too, too many dudes in that room for a podcast, but it was a really good time. We exerted more stamina than we typically do on this podcast. And Eric had some really, really interesting takes on HBO's The Idol. I can't believe we talked about that show for two hours. And then after we went off mic, we talked about it for another hour. Yeah, I don't know how we, uh, <laughs> on the drive home, we just kept going. <laughs> seems to happen that way all the time but yeah i could tell the boys were wanting to keep the episode around like an hour to an hour and a half and every time i would sense like the host trying to close us out i would just jump in with another hot take Hmm. that's funny you're uh controlling the room your mic your room <laughs> i had to i had to because they have such loud booming podcast voices that i had to uh just out like run them you know what i mean like me i'm not a sprinter mm-hmm. but i can like last longer mm-hmm. I yeah i didn't realize that you had such a like a gentle supple podcasting voice until <laughs> we were in the presence of other male podcasters was that emasculating for you eric no it was not at all you know why because i i'm not built for this time i'll be honest <laughs> I, <laughs> i'm built to talk into a microphone with other bros I, I, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to like a basketball man or something like that. Some, some physical activity. Yeah, dude, your, your mouth, your tongue is not your strongest muscle, but you, it's not. dude, you're, you're running layups every episode with me. So I'm still <laughs> proud of you. It is. It's true. My, you know, Tedros's strongest muscle is probably his tongue though. <laughs> <laughs> For more takes like that, listen to how originals episode with think fresh podcast. <laughs> two-hour dissection of HBO's The Idol. Mm-hmm. The only now podcast defunct. defending the show. <laughs> the only podcast defending The Idol. Incredible. Incredible. Ty, today's a big episode for us as well because you just got back from Palm Springs. I was in LA like two weeks ago now. So we've got to get into the kind of stuff that you and you did over there in Palm Springs in the desert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us about it. What, what yeah, did you do? How was your flight? Let's start there. Flight was great. Quiet. It was so quiet that I was able to, I wasn't sitting with Boo, but then you could just get up and go and sit with them. You know, there were so many empty seats. When they didn't just I, put you together then. So I know. Well, it's, it seems so silly. The entire system's broken, but it was actually so quiet that I had a layover in LAX before heading over to Palm Springs for about an hour. So I immediately go to the like airport bar and try to crush some beers. Then at about three minutes after they start doing the gate calls for the zones to board, 
I, I think I should mosey over there. So I show up and maybe two, three minutes after boarding starts and there's nobody there. And I think, oh, oh no, did my, did my gate change? What's going on? Should I mess up? And then there's a woman that's kind of hanging around the bridge. And then she like waves at us and she says, are you going to Palm Springs? And we're like, yes. And she says, hurry up. And we're like, where is everybody? She's like, they're on the plane. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. And so, then I said, boarding started three minutes ago. She said, I know it's a small flight tonight. So I walk on the oh plane my. and there's only like 15 people on this fairly large aircraft. <laughs> wow that is really strange so did they um like just board everyone in the same group you know how they do like boarding groups and then like people pay more to like i guess mm-hmm. be priority um how do you think those people felt <laughs> Dude, yeah if you paid for business for this flight you're the bigger big sucker here yeah i actually got the best boarding because there's no other people around and everyone had to wait for me Yes, that is actually ideal. Uh, we should talk about how like boarding last might be the move because you get to like finish one more beer maybe at the bar or the lounge, and you don't need to like look at people as they like walk past you and like bump into you. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of just like you're the one doing the bumping, the bumping and the grinding. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't have much baggage, it's completely the move because you then get to be the most drunk and you have the shortest flight time. Because you spent the least amount of time with your ass in an airplane seat. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, so it sounds like things went pretty smoothly. Yeah, what else did you get up to? How'd you, Dude, how'd you find Palm Springs? What, it's a weird place, man. I've, I've never been there. I've never been to the springs or, or the desert for that matter. I would love to see the Venn diagram of like the gay population and the elderly population in Palm Springs. I'm curious how much overlap there is. I'm assuming there's some. <laughs> definitely and there's certainly like hot there's hot spots too you know like i go for a walk around my airbnb and it's all old people and a few gays and then i go to like a wine bar tasting at a mid-century market and there's all gays and a few old people so they kind of (laughs) cluster i'm curious where the spaces are that they overlap the tennis club maybe yeah interesting the tennis club the like pool rehab center you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not rehabbing your cocaine addiction. It's you're rehabbing your knees. <laughs> like that's where 100%. they, or their, or your hips, I guess, maybe more relevant for both parties, but also the retirement homes look a lot like the hotels there. Like it's the same architect- architectural style. It's like two floors, right, right. motel vibes. There's a long, thin building. That's got like a mid-century modern kind of like sloping roof. Yeah, the architecture is fascinating. Like when I'm 80, I definitely want to check into the Frank Lloyd Wright Retirement <laughs> Center out mm-hmm. in the hot desert. Mm-hmm. More like frankly old, right? <laughs> You're frankly right about that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool. It was a cool spot. I'll definitely go back. I feel like it's pretty easy to get there and pretty easy to just get set up. We had like great Airbnb set up, king bed, walk-in closet twin sinks in the bathroom all all the amenities you could want outside pool hot tub bar the barbecue had like eight or nine knobs on it i don't know what what they all even did so is it's a nine burning nine burner (laughs) yeah probably i mean some of the knobs would turn blue 
when you turn them on, they glow blue light and other knobs would glow a red light. So I don't know if there's a burning and cooling action happening, a little hot and cold. Interesting. You can put your beers on one side and then your portobellos on the other. <laughs> and, um, it, you know, very tragic, though, if you like mix the two up, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exploding beers. Yeah, a little bit uh, too high risk. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, dude. So were you grilling most of the time then? Were you, or were you just like going crazy in the, in the poolside grill every day? <laughs> I we barbecue a little bit um a lot of just like snacks and shit but uh most mostly eating out for the dinner activations and got into some weird situations at dinner as one does when they're a podcast host oh, shit. I was thinking oh, no. about this one right moment you? almost just about oh, <laughs> so okay I'll tell you this I was hanging out at the colony club for dinner which is at the old colony hotel it's kind of a bougie place they filmed one scene in one episode of Selling Sunset there in season five, if anyone cares. Oh, yes. I've seen that episode. Hell yeah. They actually have a drink named after it, but it's a pretty cool place. Like a lot of plants really feels like old Hollywood energy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, we're hanging out. We had just finished dinner. We're sitting in the private booth in the corner of the restaurant. I'm like, I'm in, I'm like on my shit, you know, I'm absolutely tanked after a few Selling Sunsets and the uh, a, a couple other drinks and I, I just like i don't know why but i just that night i just chose to completely slick my hair back as like my <laughs> my fit and then i like trimmed i'm I, i'm rocking a mustache right now so i trim that <laughs> thing down think and then i like reveal the think fresh yeah it's a six inch <laughs> six inch little caterpillar on my lip but okay. then i like eric i had like like my shirt was obviously only had like two buttons on on it done up. The rest are just completely flared to my my recently tanned chest. And I'm like, I'm leaning back. The vibe is I got the arm around the girl. I'm like leaning in the corner of the booth while all my friends around me are chattering. The then the server, he like catch he catches me looking because I'm like gonna try to get the bill. You know, like there's always that one guy at the table that plays the dad card of like, I'm gonna time out right. the bill move. You're familiar so you're, with you're, you're gonna industry. fake you're faking like a neck scratch and then when the waiter looks you just flick your hand upwards you know you're you're, exactly. you're just ready to get his attention at, at a moment's notice dude at the airport bar at lax i watched an old dude pull off the move seamlessly i watched him sure. yawn twice and kind of like do like a stretch and then he i saw he didn't catch the service attention but then on the third try he did it sniped mm-hmm. the like finger bill mark and then he was off to the races. It was it was pretty smooth. Dude, guys will see that and just be like, hell yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the only reason guys guys eat out. But so anyways, <laughs> I'm I, I'm in this moment where I'm like, oh, I should I should be the guy that like kind of handles the bill right now. I'll be the guy. Everyone else is distracted. So I catch the, the server. Frankie was his name's attention um, with a quick nod and a wink. And that's when he knew to came over. And as he approached, I go in for the bill sign kind of gesture. But then he cuts me off and he asks me a question in front of the whole table. He says, I got to know, do you work in hospitality? <laughs> what the hell? I know it caught me off guard. I said, no, I just eat at a lot of restaurants. <laughs> He's like, I uh, could have sworn you work. Yeah. What a way to like flip that into like, like that's you thinking on your feet. <laughs> like, no, I just eat out a lot. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Dude was like, I didn't know what to say. 
he said it like in a complimentary way as if like I knew my way around restaurant ordering and table management. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. This actually makes more sense then. So he was trying to kind of like subtly admire your restauranting skills. Mm-hmm, I think so. Because like even when we walked in, like, I immediately asserted alpha dog move. Like they had set the table for us. We were a large group. I immediately ditched one of the tables, pulled everything into the booth a little tighter, reset it the way I wanted it. So I was clearly like dominating the room with my energy. And he picked up mm-hmm. on that. Nice. I love that, dude. So did you immediately like, uh, as soon as you get the menu, like don't even open it. And you'll say like dirty martini gin. <laughs> just like order the order the same thing but never open the menu damn yeah no there i i didn't try that exact move because i needed to know about the selling sunset uh, right. <laughs> I had to exp- but yeah so I, I i was i was pretty happy with that moment of dialogue i do think the mustache helped drive home this kind of impression i did but you, the selling sunset, to, yeah. to be honest when i uh when you started the story i thought you were going to say this guy recognized you from Grinder or something with like the mustache, the slick hair, the, the two buttons. Um, maybe he was mistaking you for, you know, someone he might have, maybe a close encounter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Especially after you foreshadowed the old folks home and the gay community overlapping quite a bit. That would be good foreshadowing but that was not the case the only grinding i'm doing eric is 290 episodes of this podcast but oh, there yeah, was maybe. a flash in my moment when he gave me that i recognize you vibe that i thought oh no the man recognizes my voice i knew the new microphones <laughs> were too high fidelity Dude, that would be incredible if somebody um was able to pick up on our voice like in a crowd of people it's like wait a second i know mm-hmm. those two boys especially if it's both of us at the same time just Bickering over, I don't know mm-hmm. the the, red, the, du- the reds. <laughs> mm-hmm. The duality definitely would help. But Eric, the selling sunset cocktail and the risotto with the parmesan foam were not the weirdest things I <laughs> ate this weekend. <laughs> I hate that. I, I went out, so much. I went out to a different restaurant. The place was called Booze Hounds, and. It's it's actually a really nice place, despite the concept is like kind of there's a weird dichotomy happening at Booze Hounds, where on one end, their value proposition is that they allow dogs in their restaurant and that's (laughs) their thing. (laughs) But on the other side, they're like, it's like a really swanky place and it's like in the Michelin Guide. And when you actually walk in, there's no dogs around. There's just a neon sign for the logo of a hound. Oh, interesting. So it's like so swanky that people feel uncomfortable bringing their dogs. Yeah, I, I think like that's the, the idea. Dog has a dress they, code as well. Th- there's probably a dog dress code. You got to put little booties on those little puffs, <laughs> puffers, paws. Wild. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything about this because I don't think dogs should be anywhere near my food. Like I mm-hmm. actually really hate it when, um, like, I'll be eating and then someone's dog. Maybe I'm on a patio somewhere. Um, dog will just like rest its head on my leg <laughs> while I'm like eating like a breakfast sandwich on like a Sunday morning or something like that. I don't need that in my life, dude. Get your dog away from mm. my table. Or when they like mm-hmm. peek their little wet nose right up against the table so they can like get a sniff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just like shove their little nostrils off my table. I'm like, 
and I look at the owner like, what are you doing with your life, bro? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Uh, like, it's pretty low-hanging fruit to, like, shit on a dog owner because they're always they're uh, swimming upstream if they're going to take their dog out anywhere. Uh, but I'm, I'm well, completely good agree with you. Like, if that dog's going to snipe a sniff of my meal, then I think the owner should chip in on the tip. Exactly. Like we are, we're all, in, we're all pl- getting, gaining pleasure from this meal. Absolutely. But uh, to be honest, I would stop it. I would nip this at the bud. You know what I mean? Don't, don't bring mm-hmm. your stinky little pooch to my restaurant. And if you do, it better be a like Paris Hilton-esque chihuahua that can just like live in your jacket and like never like make a peep. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like the only acceptable version of that. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if like at Booze Hounds, if anyone brought a little chihuahua, chihuahua as a maybe a little accessory, perhaps wearing mm-hmm. a jacket of some kind with pockets. Mm-hmm, a little chihuahua. Well, that is the only exception I would make as well, Eric, simply because if you could fit it in one hand, you can eat with the other hand and you can hold it away from the other patrons. But mm-hmm. I didn't see any of those. They were too small. I was I was too buzzed off the off the bevies. <laughs> Buzz off the booze hound. Well, so, speaking of buzzed, one of the drinks there, Eric, was quite something. It was called a Sichuan fizz. Have you oh. ever had a Sichuan berry or pepper, Eric? Do you know what that is? Yes. Spicy pepper, isn't it? Or it's like, I don't know. Okay, what came first? The region in China <laughs> or the pepper or the pepper? Because from what I understand, the food from that region in China, the Sichuan. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that area, it's like very spicy cuisine. So mm-hmm. I guess they use the mm-hmm. pepper or maybe the pepper is named after them. I'm not exactly sure, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. So that was some pretty good, would you call that etymology? I'm not really sure, but uh, the Sichuan region is where these peppers come from, but there's not, it's not the only place. There's also like this like berry or like button type, thi- like nib that you can kind of grow in the desert. So they have some of them around at this restaurant and they put them in the cocktails. But what's interesting about these things, and they call them buzz buttons. So that's what I meant when I was getting too busy getting buzzed is that Uh these buzz buttons, Eric, are not like your normal pepper. They don't create heat or spice in their mouth. What they actually do is they numb your mouth. They make your mouth completely numb. Your whole tongue and everything is wild ass shit. Interesting. So... Do you, are you kind of like somebody who had just been to the dentist and you're kind of like drooling out of one side of your mouth every time you take a sip or are you kind of just like, it's like you've had COVID for long COVID now for two months and you can't taste what you're drinking, but you know, it's good because you're getting busy. Yeah, dude, it's, it's more dental. I think if I had to pick one of those two camps, (laughs) I I had a little, my, my friend got this cocktail and there was one of these little little buttons on it. So we pass it around like a nightmare blunt rotation and everyone takes a little bite. <laughs> and wow. then it was quite a lot. Like the whole mouth goes numb. It doesn't feel like dental numb though. It feels more like there's like a little electrical current running around your entire jaw. And then you just start salivating like crazy. You're just like, you can't taste anything. So then one of the most obnoxious people at the table flags the server over and asks for a whole round of buttons for everybody. So then I pop an entire one in my mouth and dude, I, so another nickname for this thing is the electric Daisy, which is of course what the carnival is named after in Nevada. 
And mm-hmm. I get why, because it was just like it felt like you're popping a drug the way it just like messed with your senses. Damn, that's crazy. Actually, do you think there is a like assuming that these are like readily available in Palm Springs or like desert areas, desert cities in the states? Do you think teenagers are popping them as a drug, or maybe they're using them to like enhance their sexual performance? You know what I mean? Mm. Either they're popping some in their mouth so they can <laughs> go down a little better, or they're just like filling up their pants with them. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so they don't, I, they don't I, take off as quick, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're using it as a numbing agent in other ways. Exactly. Dude, I think they would be using it to improve fellatio because if there's one thing I know about teenagers is they don't practice good hygiene, especially in the nether regions. So there's no way that is going to be like appetizing. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh man. I feel yeah, like there's... You just eliminate taste and simultaneously like numb yourself a little bit. I can mm-hmm. see, you know, them youngins benefiting from that quite a bit. Especially with all of that salivation. I would benefit Eric from it at my good friend subways because <laughs> dude i don't know you but those footlongs have been dry af lately and that's why i'm quattro saucing it but it's a little bit unhealthy so if i pop one of these i can take some of the sauce off i'm not going to taste it anyways and just let my own natural hydration do the work of wetting that thing up Mm -hmm. damn that's actually crazy because the insane cough that you do after a subway sandwich i think is kind of caused by like not enough liquid being moved around in, in your digestive tract. You know what I mean? So pop mm-hmm. one of these berries, start salivating all over the place, drooling all over your sandwich. <laughs> I think that'll go down much easier. I'm thinking so too. It's really interesting. I almost want to carry around a pack of them in, ca- in the off chance I have a bad meal anywhere. Halfway through the meal, pop a little buzz button. You can get through it, no issue. Totally agree. Wow. One, one weird ass side effect though is that Nothing tasted like anything, but except for water. Water tasted spicy. Spicy water. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I kind of like that. that. At I think. <laughs> I think so too. It's very <laughs> nice to the Balenciaga water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. It's beet red um, next to the jet black Balenciaga water. Crazy. Mm. How, do, how do you feel about the Balenciaga Air One collab, Eric? I'm personally a huge fan. <laughs> I don't know. I think the like macro theme for this collection is like obnoxious LA cunt. <laughs> and so like Air One obviously has a plays a big part in that. The actual Air One tote bag is based off of their like to-go paper bags from Air One. However, it's fully made of leather, which is super cool. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's other brands that have done very, very similar things. One of them is Bottega. They have like a denim jean that is actually printed uh, leather. So it's like a leather pant that's printed to look like denim. Didn't Lueve do a, like a paper bag that was actually leather too? Yeah. I think that's, that's the other thing I'm thinking of, but yeah, pretty cool. I don't know how much it costs. Probably like Mm -hmm. $8,000. Yeah. I I feel like the, I feel like the collab is a little bit too on the nose, Eric. (laughs) What makes you say that? (laughs) It just seems too idealistic. (laughs) Of course, Air One represents snooty rich people, and that's what Balenciaga's clientele is as well. I just thought they 
I just didn't feel like it was a very substantial like collaboration. Like I, I feel like both brands aspirationally are like trying to say different things. So by coming together and saying like, actually we're just for rich people that don't really care about the underlying narratives of either of our brands. I, I just felt like a little bit like they, the, the, they exposed themselves. They stole their own magic. Mm. Okay. It's possible Ty, but also Balenciaga exists in this like post irony design world now. So they've like, they've already evolved beyond it being like funny or like easy to make fun of. It's like now if you make fun of it, the joke's on you kind of thing. It's like you fell right into our hands. So it's like, right. you kind of just have to go along with it at this point. Like I'm, I'm just going to go wherever sexy red goes at this point. Mm hmm. It makes sense. And she might be going into the <laughs> Fortnite metaverse. So I'll see you in there with the Balenciaga. Dude, we, need the sexy red. we need the sexy red Fortnite concert to drop anytime, mm-hmm. anytime this year. Probably. So are you, is what you're trying to say is that Balenciaga is a, a troll brand. And if you engage with it, that protects you from being trolled. But if you, don't engage or try to attempt to critique or understand it. You are the one being trolled. I think so. I think that's exactly it. It's like, you don't think we know this is like insane and stupid, you know, but it's also interesting because they actually do make like amazing clothes as far as I know, interesting designs. And then they have this element of like something like a recipe for virality, I guess, Mm. you know, it's like good Mm -hmm. design meets um, expert level marketing. Mm hmm. Kind of like Drake. Yeah, maybe that's exactly it. <laughs> wow. Interesting, or, interesting. Or Kanye, I guess. Kanye is maybe the better example. Maybe that's why the, the relationship works so well. Because Kanye mm-hmm. is genuinely incredible at music and is also uh, has a better skill set to be part of the conversation consistently whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. You know? It's true. He can control the room. I mean, and I guess like the, the the values or like traits you're describing are also visible in Air One. Like they are, they are able to create marketable moments, and they also make the best bone broth, the best best smoothies. Yeah, you're right. Air One is another one of those things where it's like we genuinely have good products to offer. However, like we're aware of how like ridiculous we are. We look in the marketplace. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm charging $18 for a smoothie designed by Haley Bieber. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, how can mm-hmm. you not make fun of that? But then if you do, it's like you're part of the joke as well. Mm-hmm. So you can either be on the inside and not understand it, but not ask questions mm-hmm. <laughs> or on the outside and not understand it, tr- attempt to critique it and look like a clown. <laughs> An absolute clown. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, dude. Better to be on the inside. Speaking of overspending, I want to share this story with you, Ty. It actually happens to relate to Subway. Incredible. <laughs> it was the eighth, eighth podcast in a row where we're talking about Kanye. It's a pretty good streak. <laughs> but Ty, on NBC News, there's a story here that says a Georgia woman accidentally tipped more than $7,000 for a Subway sandwich. Oh, what? Why is so, she even tipping in the first place? Well, this is the thing. She didn't mean to, Ty. It was an accident. It turns out she was trying to type in her phone number in the tip <laughs> in the tip field. Oh no. And then she accidentally gave an artist seven bands. That's crazy. Exactly, dude. 
So I guess like they leaked her phone number because they said exactly how much <laughs> the tip was. <laughs> Seven one zero five four four is part of her phone number, I guess. That's Might have really to add funny. the Georgian area code. Um, but yeah, pretty crazy. She didn't notice until like a few days later. Assuming it would be an easy fix, like I think you and I would also assume this that oh, there's no way. Like it's just it's all digital. Just undo it. You know, I mean, Command Z, mm-hmm. like give me my seven bands back. Mm-hmm. But it turns out Big Way was not not willing to part with the money. You know, they were like, no, it's you know our balance sheet's looking nice this month because of you. You know, what I mean, why would we give you back the money? Yeah, damn. Fourth quarter is looking good for Subway. Yeah, dude, they really reeled <laughs> it in. <laughs> the buzzer wow. So, so they're cl- they're not going to give her back the money. It's it's well tipped. Well. It's well, it's been well tipped, but it turns out now that this has been making news headlines, uh, they are now considering giving the money back and they're looking into it, quote unquote. So we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know if there was actually a resolution here. Let me, let me do a quick scan. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is really interesting because I don't want a victim blame here, but I feel <laughs> like phone numbers are traditionally nine digits. So and if she only put seven, which is lucky that she didn't do nine or her bank account would be completely drained, I feel like she would she would have noticed or I, I'm thinking I'm wondering if she actually tipped in the moment and then regretted it later and then threw it on subway. Kind of like, you know, when you like have a bad date and you like don't like the guy, didn't didn't like what you did with him. And so you are, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe make an allegation. (laughs) Wow, true. Did he do it? Mm -hmm. This is the problem, Ty, with tipping before you eat the sandwich. Because even if, say she did purposely want to tip a lot, maybe she was feeling generous that day. She's just at the lottery, maybe. She wants to change the sandwich artist's life. And Mm -hmm. she's like, fuck it, I'm going to tip. And then she sits down, unwraps her foot long, upside down. And there's black olives strewn about sauce on the outside of the bun um the cut mm-hmm. is nowhere in the middle she's like fuck this this sandwich is the worst sandwich i've ever had how do i what are my next steps what do i do now do i take back my tip they never deserved one in the first place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this could be retro retroactively determined like maybe she had the intention all along of dropping dropping some some money on the sandwich artist but i mean i guess we shouldn't we should assume that she's telling him the truth that she honestly thought it was her seven digit phone number it's plausible who would tip seven bands at subway like not even not even like a rich not even like a god's plan type of situation would result in a, this big of a tip at subway like you know that's going to the franchise owner it's not going to the mm-hmm. minimum wage sandwich artist yeah dude your tip splitting with your boss there what would you do I in agree. this situation eric would you how how hard would you fight to get it back I would fight to the death <laughs> to get my $7,000 back. I would probably do that for $50, Ty. <laughs> I would be on the phone for the entire day for 50 bucks. There's no question. I've, I've, I'm very principled in this matter. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, you need to protect where your money goes exactly. and where it doesn't. I'm not, I'm not like you crypto cowboys. I can't, I can't stand losing a dollar, so I would have to battle this. What about you? Well, I'm the kind of guy that will throw $100 into potato nut butt coin, you know, whim without even looking at the economics of the token. So 
I probably would send a nice email. I don't know if I would go to the news. I would be too embarrassed. What a silly mistake. I don't want to out myself as technically illiterate. Mm -hmm. But it's also kind of cool that you were approved for the transaction. You know, it's like Mm. I was able to just tap to pay (laughs) $7,000 and it didn't bounce. So maybe that looks good on your part. That's a good point. You could spin it that way, but I just got this reputation as a guy that looks like he works in hospitality and to accidentally make a blunder like this and then have to undo it is, it's not very hospitable. Definitely not. You know, you might have to, uh, you might have to like prank the subway every day until they give it to you back, you know, give it back to you. You might have to like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, put snow on the front of the door and then pour water on it so it freezes over. They can't open the door. It's a classic high school move. So there's an indefinite snow day. (laughs) Wow, I've never considered that one. (laughs) It's really funny. There's probably a similar prank to get like, just like to squeeze a little bit of free guacamole or extra cheese out of your sandwich artist. Mm -hmm. Like what if at the very end of your foot long, right before payment, you say, oh, I didn't know the extra cheese costed extra money. Can you take it off? I I think they would just say, oh, uh, you can just take it at this point. Just have it for <laughs> on the house. Wouldn't they? Yeah, w- wouldn't that be in their best interest to do that? Probably because they would have to throw it out, but I wouldn't put it past like a sandwich or just toss it back in the bucket, you know, like mm. covered in sauce and guac. I guess it mm-hmm. depends when you do that. Like, if you are at the last stage, like before they wrap it, when are you saying we do this? <laughs> like at the cheese po- part? Or dude, the- we're talking post wrap prepay. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then I agree. They would mm. just give it to you. They're not going to undo it. If it's more work to um, do what you're saying, then they'll just give it to you. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. So if you pull that move 7,000 times, you will have made your money back. Yeah. Absolutely. But that means you have to go to the, the place of trauma 7,000 more times. <laughs> <laughs> Exposure therapy. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a Stockholm syndrome. It's like you end up falling in love with a sandwich that you, you hated your whole life. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough situation. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to be in this scenario, Eric. And, and that includes my co-host. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I got one more guess news story for you the footlong cookie which i swear we talked about probably like 100 episodes ago it feels like something we would have talked about it will it's a reality now ty you can get a footlong cookie at subway i think starting next year wow wow i remember this when it was teased nearly a year ago it was a it was a promotion at first a few select mm-hmm. stores just for the media buzz. What you're telling me is this will be an official offering from Subway? It's a, Yeah, it's in the roadmap for Subway. It's definitely coming. And apparently uh, Toronto, there's like a, maybe one or two stores in Toronto that are giving them away right now. And that's uh, pretty exciting, but also disappointing because we're all the way over here on the West Coast. So we won't be able to partake in the free footlong. Dude, I, I wonder if you're allowed to use it as a as a bread alternative. Like, can I That's, like they're yeah. like, with bread? <laughs> and I say, you mean cookie <laughs> with cookie? 
Wow. Yeah, I would love to throw that in the footlong as well. Like a patty. Like a patty. I mean, what, oh, okay, dude. what kind of cookie would be best for that? Like probably the oatmeal raisin, right? Like you don't want like chocolate in your sandwich. I mean, the chocolate would be good if you had the right material with it to kind of create a like a chunky monkey type sandwich. Like imagine a chocolate chip cookie, some peanut butter and jam, and maybe some bananas. That's a good looking sandwich. Absolutely. Fuck, man. That sounds so good, actually. I just, I'm just recalling the photo where it's like a foot long with like eight cookies inside, just like layered mm-hmm. nicely, like as if they were tomato slices, but they're cookies. I'm like, wow. We don't even need to do that anymore. Like we've evolved past that photo. Mm-hmm. Just one it's such a such a popular move that they would do this. So Absolutely. I think with the current ingredient selection, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make some calls here. I think you want to go sweet and savory. You want to find that like balance with the cookie. And in the, I don't think you want to go introduce spice. You know, I think you want sweet and spicy. I feel like that's that's pushing it too far. Do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I, I think like salt. Like salty and uh, salty and sweet is probably the way to go. But also, mm-hmm. I don't know if I really would fuck with this. Like, I would honestly just get the footlong on its own, footlong cookie that is, or just a simple cookie after my sandwich. I don't need a whole foot of that, you know? Well, you're not the target audience. The target audience of this is the disruptors, the artists, the creators, <laughs> the innovators, Eric. Yeah, the people who think outside the bun. Mm-hmm. We're thinking fresh over here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do extra cheese, sharp cheddar, get that saltiness in there. Skiff a marinara because nice and salty. And then when we get into the veggie department, I'm skipping everything except some banana peppers and black olives. Interesting. And yep. what kind of cookie is this? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Beautiful. Yeah, I would I would try that. I would try that. I might go here's here's mine. Okay, white mac. And I'm not talking about the mac and cheese type. I'm talking about white macadamia. Hell and yeah. Throwing that on a plain white bun. Okay. Toasted so it melts down a little bit. Then I'm going to sprinkle some lettuce for some crunch. Salt and pepper shaken on top. Let's see. Sweet onion. Double down on the sweet. Mm. And some mayo. And that's it. I'm calling it a Dude, day. I love that. I, that's giving deli vibes. I like that. <laughs> I like where you're going with this. It's like... I think even like a tiny skiff of mustard might be kind of fun in there. Oh Just yeah, a tiny right. skiff of yellow mustard. You're absolutely right. Damn, I'm, I'm trying to think like what would be good to dip a cookie into. Mm-hmm. Mayo probably is the best. <laughs> like out of all the mm-hmm. sauces, mustard's up there though. The the sweet onion sauce is a smart play though. The sweet on sweet. It's kind of also funny to have it toasted given that it's already been baked once, but so is the bread. So most of the things you're eating were double baked. Mm-hmm. Well, that's gonna be the the best because it'll just be melty inside the mm-hmm. warm buns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I am so excited. This could change everything. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dude. Me too, King. Well, we're going to have to try so, this. We have to keep an eye on our local way for the footlong cookie. Maybe next time you're taking a walk in your neighborhood, stop by the way, see if they have it. And uh, you'll have to inform me. <laughs> then I'll, I'll mm-hmm. be there in five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I will be keeping my eye out. Uh, I'm surprised that Subway doesn't offer SMS alerts or even like the government offers like the emergency alert system for <laughs> these types of events. It's not an amber alert. It's a slightly uh, darker tint of brown. <laughs> it's a golden brown alert. <laughs> wow. 
This is not a test. <laughs> Subway <laughs> cookies have landed. <laughs> they have arrived. They're in the area. Mm-hmm. Beauty. Think fresh, everybody. This has been another episode. Thanks for vibing with us. Welcome back to Pacific Northwest High. It's good to have Thank you back. You. And, um, and, and to all the How Original soldiers that joined us for this episode, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming over to our side of the booth. We hope you're not disappointed. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, the new class of breadheads have just graduated and uh, class is back in session. Yeah, it's the uh, Think Freshman uh, 2023. <laughs> Beauty. All right. Ciao. Ciao.